Sunset Lake CBD is a majority employee-owned hemp farm located right outside of Burlington, Vermont. Before they started growing hemp, Sunset Lake Farms produced cream for Ben & Jerry's. Sunset Lake CBD doesn't use any pesticides or herbicides to grow any of its hemp plants, and they use organic fertilizer and other sustainable farming techniques to ensure the long-term health of the soil and to minimize their carbon footprint. So like all of us, my days are really stressful. By the end of the night, my kids are in bed, I'm taking a minute to chill, but I'm still unwinding. I recently started using the Relax Gummies infused with CBD isolate, reishi mushroom extract, and ashwagandha root extract. I'm really glad I tried these because they really helped me get ready for a good night of sleep, and I really think I sleep better, so I'd highly recommend it. So check out Sunset Lake CBD today at sunsetlakecbd.com and use the code HFPOD for 20% off your order. That's sunsetlakecbd.com and use the code HFPOD for 20% off your order. Farmer-owned, Vermont-grown, Sunset Lake CBD. Hey everyone, it's Cam Hurt, host of the Best Show Ever podcast, and we have got a second season coming out very soon that I am very excited about. We've got some very cool special guests, including musical acts that we all love, like Karina Reichman, Daniel Donato, Jake Brownstein from Eggy, Rick and Peter from Goose, and many more. Tune in for new episodes dropping on Osiris Media March 5th on the Best Show Ever podcast. Hey listeners. I want to tell you about a sponsor, Music Masters Collective. They're a nonprofit organization that produces unique music events, providing opportunities for fans and artists to meet and collaborate in an inspired and creative atmosphere. Every week, they host different events, all with the opportunity to learn from world-class musicians like Oteil Burbridge, Trouble No More, former members of the band, Milk Carton Kids, Nikki Glaspie, Bill Frizzell, Sean Colvin, and many more. This June, join the Fab Faux, Joan Osborne, John Sebastian, Marshall Crenshaw, and a great group of faculty for the debut of Magical Mystery Camp. This all-inclusive, once-in-a-lifetime music vacation experience in the heart of the Catskills will be packed with nightly performances, workshops, speakers, song circles, open mics, and a lot more. If you're a performing musician at any level, bring your instrument. If you're a music lover, bring your good spirit. It's an amazing experience for individuals, friends, and couples alike. Registration is open, spots are filling up, so check it out soon. And scholarships are available. Check out magicalmysterycamp.com slash helpingfriendly to learn more. Hi, this is Jordan with Spafford, and the podcast you are listening to is part of the Osiris Network. Osiris is creating a community that connects people like you with podcasts and live experiences about artists and topics you love. They'll be doing many live events this summer around the country, which will include artist interviews, contests, and more. Sign up for the newsletter at OsirisPod.com to stay in the loop.
Hi, friends. Welcome to the Helping Friendly Podcast. This is a quick hit for August 10th, 2018 in uh, Raleigh, North Carolina at Walnut Creek. This is Matt here. Um, and with me on the line today, I've got a very, very special guest. Uh, in, here in my house, we call him Uncle Dan. Uh, he is my brother-in-law, my wife's brother, uh, Dan Edwards, calling in from North Carolina. Hey, Dan, how's it going? Hey, guys. How are you? Doing awesome. Um, so Dan was at the show at Walnut Creek last night. Um, so we're going to talk to him a little bit about how uh, things went down in the room and what his experience was like. Before we get into that, um, just a reminder, if you're listening to this today, uh, the day after Walnut Creek, um, and you're going to Merriweather tonight uh, or tomorrow, reach out. Uh, myself and RJ are going to be there floating around. Um, hit us up uh, if you hit us on Twitter or something like that. I think we'll probably have some stickers and stuff like that. And we always like to say hi to as many people as possible. Same deal with um, Curveball for next weekend. We'll probably put out a schedule sometime this week of some of the things that we're going to be doing. There's an official Osiris RV that's going to be in the RV section and we'll be doing couch reports throughout the weekend and uh, so a couple of different gatherings. There's going to be a, a beer swap. And I also know that um, the, the ladies over at uh, Female Centrics are p- planning a big group photo shoot for all of the ladies who are going to get decked up. So um, lots of opportunities to meet and connect with uh, with other people uh, next weekend, as well as uh, this weekend at Merriweather. And hope that if you're uh, heading to Merriweather, you're prepared for the heat because it's a, it's a steamer out there. Uh, and also bring the rain gear because it looks like it's going to be a little wet tonight. All right, so let's talk about Walnut Creek or whatever the venue happens to be called. Insert some <laughs> some bank name, something at Walnut Creek Field presented by, uh, you know, Safeway or something like that. Time Warner Cable. There yeah. you go. Yeah. Yep. So, um, so Dan, uh, this was your first show of the tour, right? It is. Absolutely. It was my first. So and it was, when it was, was the, good to be there. Yeah. When yep. was the last show that you got to? Oh my God. Uh, it's been a, probably a year and a half since I've seen fish live in person. Um, I gotta think about that. Well, I saw Trey, let's see, about a month ago, right? We saw Trey. Yeah. Yep. We were in Charlottesville. In Charlottesville. That was good. Yeah. Uh, but before that, I couldn't even tell you. It's probably been, I think it was 15. The last, I'm sorry, the last Walnut Creek show was the, was in 15. And, uh, that surely that can't be the last time, but it might have been. Okay. <laughs> Gotcha. Yeah. Babies and stuff, you know, distracting from, well, yeah, we got from the fish experience. And then, yeah. well, you know, they did the, <laughs> and last year was the MSG, you know, run and, uh, you know, they didn't get around very much. So, yeah. Yeah. So you were like raring and ready to go. And I know you told me that you brought a complete noob with you, right? I did. It was his first show. He's a guy, a uh, good friend, Chris, shout out to Chris. He has uh, been a fish uh, guy for a while. He was into their studio stuff. And so he had all their studio stuff, listened to it, you know, Bert, uh, you know Billy Breeze, the whole thing, right? So, but he, in the last probably year or two, he's really gotten into the live stuff, which is kind of interesting, right? Usually it's sort of the reverse of that. So he's into it now. He's been couch touring, you know, pulling stuff down from, uh, you know, all the places that you can get live music nowadays. So, He's uh, he's fully on board, and it was his first show, and he absolutely loved it. And it was, I think, it was a heck of a first show. 
Yeah, definitely. It was actually probably was a good show for a first timer. There was a mm-hmm. good ver- good variety of stuff. Um, so awesome. So um, you guys, I know you got into the show like crazy early last night when you sent me a, a picture that you guys were at your seats super early. Did you get a chance to check out the lot scene and what was it like? Because I know sometimes it's a little dicey at Walnut Creek. Walnut Creek, I was surprised. Walnut Creek is, yes, you're right. It is, um, it's in North Carolina. We love North Carolina, but, you know, it's a little more uh, strict, I guess, the right way. But it was great. I mean, they actually, it was the biggest one I think I've ever seen at Walnut Creek. And I've been to five or six shows at Walnut Creek. Um, and it was really like two, rough, two full rows of the parking lot. Uh, were vendors and they had the full thing, you know, rolled out everywhere. And there was no, um, no real presence of the, you know, the the man. So um, it was pretty laid back. And it was, it was fun. And we both, uh, you know, both bought a couple things. So we, uh, you know, hopefully helped the community a little bit. But it was good. It was a good little shakedown street. Nice, nice. Um, and then you get inside. I know um, I saw somebody comment online last night that they said, you know, it, when they were showing some shots from the stage out towards the crowd, it, it looked very cozy at Walnut Creek, which it, it kind of is. It's a it's a little bit of a smaller amphitheater, really small lawn. Um, and I remember when we were there a couple years, the, the couple times that we've been there, we, we've usually had a pretty good time. And it's usually a little bit more low key than some of the Northeast shows in terms of, you know, being sold out and crazy crowds and stuff like that, right? Right. I mean, they, you know, Walnut Creek's pretty nice. It's a good place. I mean, you know, there's there's obviously better spots in my mind that, you know, to go see a fish concert. But they have a kid's area, right, that's roped off with strollers and stuff. So it's it, it's pretty low-key. Um, you know, the seats were, I, I think it was a late-arriving crowd, or I think because fish started a few minutes early, earlier than they have been traditionally, you know. So, because um, they had a curfew, a little bit earlier curfew in North Carolina. So, um, but yeah, it was a little late arriving, late arriving crowd. Um, but the crowd was awesome. Uh, a lot of singing. I, you know, I don't know if you can hear over the, the the stage mics, but well, I mean, the crowd was really stoked. Sweet. Yeah, it looked like I, they did get started pretty early. I know I was put on the webcast, which they didn't even fire up the stream until 730. And by like 731, the band was coming on stage. And you right. can see in, in the crowd a lot of people kind of um, rushing uh, to, to get to their seats at that point. Yeah, um, we were. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, we were. <laughs> you guys got in there about an hour and 40 well, minutes well, early. Well, uh, we needed another beer. So yeah, let's go get a beer real fast. And there's plenty of time. So we weren't paying attention to Twitter, so we missed that they announced they were going out early. So, so, um, so the other thing I wanted to ask you about was it—it it seemed like it was really freaking hot there last night. Is that true? Oh yeah, it was. Yeah, it was. It was pretty hot. It was. Um, yeah, I think everyone was pretty much soaked um, from the music and from dancing. So, uh, yeah, I got home and it was—it was, yeah, was hot. I don't know what the actual temperature was, but it surely was over eighty-five. Uh, but we were underneath the shed, so and they had a big fans running, so it was not it was not not horrible. Gotcha. Gotcha. So, all right. So they come out, they start out. uh, The first set goes stealing time into funky bitch, uh, Mm -hmm. Ocelot, the wedge, wombat, gula, birds of a feather, saw it again, timber, uh, limb by limb, farmhouse, and then more. So um, what stuck out for you as far as highlights of the first set? Uh, So the first, you know, Gila is like, that's just a great song. It's probably one of my favorite fish songs. So that was a big hit. And 
what was, you know, the overall theme I'd say from the whole show is it was, you know, it was fun and playful. You know, I think, I think the guys, the band, I think they were just having a good time. And I think it came across in their music, you know, right before they went into, you know, they were chatting, you know, chatting it up and stuff. And that was kind of fun. Um, but I think uh, that and uh, interestingly for me anyway, was more, um, it, it was really good. I think the crowd was really into that song more than, you know, the, you know, of course, you know, everyone was fired up about the classics and the hits, but more, you know, seems to be going to be a fan favorite. I mean, it was funny. I was talking to Chris, the new, the new guy, and I was saying, they started a little mini glow stick war during more, you know, you know, it was pretty interesting that that was such a highlight. So anyway, so I think that was a good one. Um, so that's the, really the ones that stuck out. And of course, you know, all of the teases, right. You know, where they were, you know, I think they did a solid again, tease and timber and I can't remember the specifics, but there was some teasing they were doing here and there. Um, and then, um, yeah. And there's the one on the second set, the new one, but I'm going to talk about that one. when we talk about the second set, it was a good first set. Good, good. Yeah. It seemed, um, from, you know, from my vantage point, watching the, the free webcast uh, last night, um, and I saw a lot of comments online, seemed to, there, there was some sloppiness, I think. Um, you know, in, as far as first set songs, I thought the, the selection was pretty good. Um, mm-hmm, very, yeah. very first setty kind of stuff, but um, good selections in terms of the typical first set stuff. Um, but there was a lot of sloppiness. And the reason why I asked you about the heat earlier is it seemed like they were all extremely hot and sweaty and maybe struggling a little bit. Paige in particular, I was actually, I got kind of concerned about him. He was drenched in sweat, took off his glasses for most of the first set because they kept <laughs> steaming up yeah, on him. I saw that. Yeah. Um, and Trey too, he seemed like, he, like his hands were kind of slipping around on the neck of his guitar. And, you know, if your hands get sweaty and you're trying to play an instrument like that, it's, it can be pretty uncomfortable, but unlike a lot of shows where, you know, they're just sloppy or they're not engaged or something like that, they seem to be trying really, really hard. Uh, and, you know, kind of shaking things out. And like, like after Wombat, for example, that kind of sequence where they were joking around and talking, um, it was like, they were trying, like you said, they were trying really hard to have fun. It maybe wasn't connecting all the time, but they were, you know, they were in it and at least trying to, to make a good show happen at that point. Well, it came across. I mean, I, you know, being in the, you know, listening in the crowd, you know, it's a little, you know, I don't hear the detail that I would hear doing couch tour, you know, from the couch. So it is, I, I mean, the energy was there. The playing was, it was great. Um, and you're right. I think, um, especially uh, a little more in the second set, I think there were some miscommunication. I'll just call it miscommunication on a couple things, maybe. Um, that I felt like um, Trey probably set out to do certain things, but the execution probably wasn't as he anticipated. So, or, or as the band would expect. So, but I think a fantastic show. I mean, I mean, in the crowd, it was just, it was great. Awesome. So, all right, so let's move on to set two, which starts out with meat stick um, and then drown. And, and so, Bear, stick with me here as I as I run through this crazy sequence. Drowned yeah. into NICU, into Thread, yeah. Runaway Jim, into Run Like an Antelope, into Runaway Jim, into Run Like an Antelope, into Makasupa Policeman, into Run Like an Antelope, and then you enjoy yeah. myself. Fantastic. I'm like Fantastic. out of breath just reading that. Yeah. Incredible. Yeah. I think I think the biggest thing for me is um 
there were so many. I mean, it was just a fun, fun situation. It was just a fun, you know, just a, a blast to be there and a blast to see all of that interplay and back and forth. Um, I think the um, what I would say is that you know there was some. Uh, the jamming was fantastic. I love the fact they were felt comfortable enough to do what they did. I think um, it's all about for me for for fish is it's just if once they're comfortable and having fun, then the music's going to work. And I think it did that last night. I think you know all the playfulness going back and forth between. Um, you know, the various, you know, going back and forth. Through, what, what do we do call that jam? Is that a, is that a gemalope or a, a runaway <laughs> antelope or what We're, do we call yeah, it? Yeah. So. I've seen a couple of, couple different things. The, the, um, the Makasupa runaway antelope and, or something like that. But, uh, yeah, it was a crazy sandwich. It, it was. And, and I think, I mean, obviously that was the highlight of the show, but I was, you know, talking about getting hot and, you know, seeing the flubs and things maybe, but I think it was the last I mean, it was the last time – well, it was when they, they tried to – they finished up Jim, I think. And then I think Trey didn't want to finish Jim. <laughs> I think he wanted to keep going. But they finished Jim and then went straight into to the antelope part. So – and I think they, they it sounded fine. But it was – you know, if I'm going to be picky, that was a place where I think there was – you know, to your point about the heat and maybe not having it all together, I think that was – that was probably a little miscommunication they could have cleaned up. But otherwise, I mean, you know, it was a, it was a fun, fun, fun series of songs. And uh, it sounded great from the, from where we were sitting in the shed. Nice. So then um, they, they end with Yem, uh, which was kind of a surprise after that craziness of a set um, to think that they're going to then cap it off with Yem. Um, any thoughts on that? Yeah, I think that was Yim. You know, it's always good to hear that. Obviously, it's just perfectly played. I think they did really well. I mean, it's just a, uh, it's you know, it's the it's the gold standard of fish songs to me. But the um, the jam coming out of Yim was really nice. Before the vocal jam, they did they did I think a little extra jamming. I mean, it depends on you know each Yim at the end is a little different. But they did in my mind they did a little extra jamming in that jam pre vocal jam uh which was really fun to listen to yeah and trey ripped out a guitar solo like he hasn't been in a while um it seemed like maybe last year he was starting to get back into the playing guitar during that section instead of just dancing and le- letting the other guys take over right. um but last night he just tore into it i mean that was definitely the high point as far as trey's playing goes oh yeah as, as yeah and concerned. special shout out uh, to the to the uh to the meat stick when uh <laughs> He did his little, uh, his little uh, Drake thing. I don't know what exactly that is. I think that kind of shows oh. my age. It's like the Kiki thing. I don't know what. Yes, uh, I have no idea. Yeah. I have no idea what that's called. I, I think somebody said it's like the Kiki challenge or something like that. I've seen kids doing that dance. Yes. so I know it's a exactly. thing, but I, I had no idea. I guess it, it's it's a Drake song or something. <laughs> that's that's what I hear. It's a I don't Drake know, man. Two. <laughs> I gotta Google it. I gotta look on YouTube or something. Next on this episode of middle-aged white guys talk about hip stuff, uh, <laughs> we have no idea what it was. But uh, Trey was probably in the same boat because he seemed like he kind of half-assed it, um, and he didn't really know, know what he was doing. Hey, more than I would ever know. So good for him. It's probably his yeah. children. Probably his kids. Anyway. Yeah. There you go. There you go. And and our kids are not old enough to keep us in tune nah. with that kind of stuff yet. So no, someday. We're not there yet. Someday yep. we'll figure it out. We're still uh, we're still on Elsa and Anna. We can 
We can talk Frozen for, for days. Yeah, they had to do a let Fish had to look at, you know, covers maybe. They can uh, do some of that stuff one day. Anyway. What? Yeah. So, um, all right. So then A Day in the Life Encore, which I know you're a huge Beatles nut, so that probably was oh, awesome yeah. for awesome. you. Yeah, that's, that's um, awesome. So takeaways, what, what was your overall impression of the show? Uh, it was it was a fantastic, you know, hot, sticky, summertime show. I think, you know, the the, the playfulness, the fun, you know, that was really nice to see, you know, the, the goofing off between uh, all the band members, you know, at the part where Trey, you know, says, hey, we're talking, and, you know, and, you know, ask everyone to talk. And I think they were uh, breaking each other's balls a little bit doing that. So that was fun to see. And uh, it was just a good old classic summer summer show sweet sweet well thank you uh thank you for taking some time to to talk about this i'm sorry we we couldn't be there with you last night we usually like to come down to raleigh and rock out to walnut creek with you but uh weren't able to make it this year um but uh thanks again for for filling us in on what your experience was like um what do you think if we uh if we leave everybody with a little taste of last night's show what do you think uh, we should we should throw in as far as a clip goes i'll tell you that yim at the end there that yim jam was something else okay all right we'll we'll maybe some of that fiery guitar playing from trey we'll include there um and thanks everybody for listening thanks dan for joining us um once again catch us at merryweather this weekend catch us at curveball next weekend uh leave us a review if you haven't send us nice messages nasty messages uh all of the above you know how to find us and uh we will see you on tour enjoy what is a city without its music the legacy of the New York Philharmonic is incredible. Nearly two centuries of history. That's a lot of music and a lot of stories. I was sitting on stage for the very first time thinking, I can't quite believe this is happening. Join me, Jamie Bernstein, as we explore the history of the New York Philharmonic. It's the NY Phil story made in New York, a podcast about a city, its people, and their orchestra. Listen wherever you get podcasts.
Hello, Tom May here, host of Future Friday. I've spent the last 15 years on the road with my band, The Menzingers, where I've met all kinds of wild and fascinating people. So I started a podcast. On Future Friday, I talked to fellow musicians about the moments that made them, their passions outside of music, and the curiosities that tie us all together. I've also talked to the likes of UFO researchers, magicians, soldiers, and documentary filmmakers, and I'm constantly searching for folks that can shape and change our view of the world. You can check out Future Friday wherever you like. Well, hey, friends. My name is Zach Lupiton. You may know me from the band Dust Bowl Revival, but I also host a music discovery podcast called The Show on the Road. For the last five seasons, I've been able to dive deep and have intimate chats with folks like the Lumineers, Andy DeFranco, Wolfpack, Keb Moe, Lake Street Dive, Bela Fleck, and more. So guess what? After 150 conversations with some of my favorite songwriters from around the world, we are bringing brand new episodes to the Osiris Network. New interviews and intimate acoustic performances will be coming at you this summer. And which episodes are coming next, you ask? I am Zach Goody, the lead singer for the band Smash Mouth. Our band is called Milky Chance. We are based in Berlin. My name is David Shaw. I sing and write songs with my band, The Revivalists. Trust me, these conversations go some wild places. So subscribe to the show on the road on Osiris, and we'll see you soon. Okay.